This is Doreo Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Man's Podcast, episode 158-158. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7-Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. What is going on, good people? Welcome to this brand new installment, installment 158 of the Before the Millions podcast. And um, I'm super excited to join you finally after a two-week hiatus. Lots of things have transpired over the past few weeks. Uh, For one, this is graduation week for the students who are currently taking the Motivated Seller Method course, which is my real estate course. Another thing is that I'm starting a brand new business. Well, I'm not really starting a brand new business. I guess I am revitalizing the business that I used to own. And um, it's been a whole lot of fun putting some time and attention there. But we've still been creating content. So if you're a part of our Facebook group over at beforethemillions.com forward slash group, then you may have already heard this episode along with a ton of other behind the scenes footage and gizmos and gadgets and Q&As and things of that nature. So if you listen to this podcast and you're wanting more content, you're wanting to learn more about real estate, you want to do some deep dives, some analysis, you want to see some behind the scenes, then make sure that you check out the Before the Millions Tribe. And that group, again, is a Facebook group. It's a private group, and it's comprised of listeners of the show as well as guests that have been on the show. So again, that's over at beforethemillions.com forward slash group. Today's interview is actually a conversation that I had on Facebook Live with Sean Rea inside of the group. And Sean is a real estate investor who started out investing by house hacking. These days, he pursues the Burr strategy, the buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat strategy. And what's cool about Sean's story is that his story is so duplicable. I hope that's a word. Duplicatable. Duplicable. We'll leave that in so you could laugh at my education. His story is very duplicable in that any one of you can replicate his success. He started out in debt, 25K in debt, and he house hacked his way to success. Now, Sean is from and lives in Canada. And Canadian real estate rules are just a little bit different from the U.S., but I've learned in interacting with Sean that there aren't too many differences. So if you've been considering house hacking, if you've thought maybe house hacking was out of the question for you because you have a family or maybe you've been trying to save money or you've been trying to get out of debt before you get started down your real estate investing journey, then I think this episode is precisely for you. And, and again, this is a process in which you can go through regardless of whatever position that you're in. House hacking is the exact way that I got started. And it changed everything for me. Not only did it alleviate me of a monthly rental burden, but it also provided me with location independence. It also gave me a tax shelter. It also gave me cash flow. I also could operate as a business owner. I'm now in the game able to experience appreciation. I mean, the list goes on. I'm doing a service to my tenants. I'm stimulating the economy. I'm hiring contractors and handymen and virtual assistants. So much changed in my life after just a single house hack. And I know the same could happen for you. The same happened for Sean. So let's go ahead and get into a story and let's really peel back the onion. And we're going to get really specific, guys. So if you're just like, yeah, these pie in the sky examples are cool, but I really want to know what the number is, how to systematically get out of debt and how to start investing. 
You know, this reminds me of an episode that I did back in uh, 2018 with uh, Sonny Burns, which is one of the only guests that's been on the podcast more than once. Uh, but I'm referring to episode 63. It's titled Triplex Case Study A to Z. And in this case study, we literally, and I mean literally, detail every single aspect of Sonny's house hack, his triplex. I mean, from finding it to negotiating with the seller to going to the county courthouse and pulling documents to looking at rehab estimates and repairs to actually all the photos from the actual rehab that Sonny did himself. I mean, everything. After listening to that episode, in addition to this episode, you'll have everything you need to complete your first house hack. One last disclaimer, Sean has a family and kids and he ended up doing the interview outside. And although it didn't seem to affect his audio a whole lot, it affected my audio. So you'll hear a ton of wind. And again, it's not my wind, but I do apologize. And we've tried to clean it up a little bit. So hopefully uh, you can get through that and get straight to the value that Sean and I have to offer for you. And one last time, guys, for conversations with guests and other individuals and behind the scenes and things of that nature that don't necessarily go on the podcast, uh, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash group to make sure that you get access to all of that content and so much more. So without any further ado, let's jump right into my Facebook live with Mr. Sean Raya. And now your feature presentation. I started about five years ago and, um, when I, when I did start, I was about $25,000 in debt on credit cards and lines of credit. I had complete, complete uh, ignorance to finances and I didn't, I didn't understand really you know, what I was doing in regards to assets and liabilities. And I was focused more on liabilities. What kind of fancy car could I buy? What kind of, what kind of toys could I buy? What kind of designer clothes could I buy versus what kind of assets can I build in my column? And um, my journey changed about five years ago. I went down this rabbit hole of reading financial books, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, The Wealthy Barber, and a bunch of other helpful mindset books. And once I started doing that, um, yeah, my, my life changed completely. And, and it started by house hockey, though. Know, that's, that's how I built my portfolio. Tell me about The Wealthy Barber. Yeah, The Wealthy Barber is a, a book from a local, local guy here in Canada, in, in uh, London, Ontario. And essentially, it's, it's, it's similar to The Millionaire Next Door, which is a book about somebody who's running a small little business. They're not driving fancy cars. They're just working, self-employed, but they're investing in themselves. And, and essentially, the story is, is this, this barber, he, he goes and he, and he starts buying rental properties without really you know, sharing and telling people. And, and over the years, he, he develops a little portfolio of rental properties. And when he retires... He's a multimillionaire, but nobody ever knew. He was just a regular guy next door. He's, he's your barber, you know, and, uh, and he ended up being a multimillionaire. And it's a true story about, about his journey of how he, he grew a real estate portfolio. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So, so did, you, did you come across real estate because of your time of need? And if, if so, what, and what method did real estate first appear to you? I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, I had, I had this light bulb moment. Um, along my journey, um, where I I was working in nine to five, so I'm an IT guy. Uh, that's that's my my career is is IT. I'm I'm in the computer industry, and I um, I was working my nine to five. I was traveling and commuting back and forth uh, to Toronto and back about an hour and a half each way. And um, we had our first daughter. We had just bought a brand new house, so we 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 bought a brand new build. And it was, you know, kind of like what the typical people do when they're buying a house is they, they go and they find the best house. It's very emotional and uh, they find the best house that they can afford and they move in, everything's new. They go and they get, you know, we had, we had two leased cars. So we were driving newer cars that were both on leases and I'm traveling back and forth working my nine to five. My wife was working at nine to five and then we had our first daughter and she went on, she went on mat leave. And I was still commuting back and forth, you know, working my nine to five. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. The baby comes and w- there's so many more expenses. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like this, this isn't right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be working 40 hours a week and I was putting extra time in. So some weeks I was working 50, 60, 70 hours and I'm still like not making any money and I'm not saving money. I'm just paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And um, the light bulb or the epiphany that I had was one day in the outside of the corporate building, I'm sitting in the parking lot and I was, I was looking at my bank, 
bank account and my paycheck hadn't hit for the day and I needed to go get gas to get home. And I realized I'm like, I'm, I'm, what am I doing? Like I'm working 40, 50 hours a week and I don't even have money right now to get gas to get home to see my family. Right. And that was, that was kind of where I started looking and researching about passive, passive income, other way, what did the wealthy do? You know? And once I started reading that, that's where I went down this like financial rabbit hole. Oh, that's awesome, man. And I, I think that, you know, I, I share a similar path. I think we all have these, these aha, these epiphany moments, those of us that actually get to our, our, our goal. And, you know, um, mine was not to kind of talk to you a little bit about it before the call, but mine was um, being discontent. And again, I had a, I had the dream job. I don't know if I told you, but I had the dream job for any account. And I was working at a big four accounting firm. I was, you know, I had the Amex card, the, the four star hotels, the trips, everything. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I was, I guess on, on, on high street. And uh, this is what yep. they told me was, was what was going to make me happy. And Lo and behold, it, it, it was what drove me to almost insanity. Like, I remember just, um, just I remember getting my first check and being in, in the road, and then I looked at it, and, you know, half of it was gone. I remember being told on multiple occasions to completely pack my stuff, and I needed to go to another city and do an audit of some books. And I remember just, just feeling uncomfortable with missing weddings, and it was just it was just daunting to know that the entire year I, I, was, I was doing work at a firm and I wasn't really getting fulfilled. So I would work half the year to pay Uncle Sam because, again, half my check was going to the government. I would work the second half of the year. I'm fresh out of college. I'm working the second half of the year to pay the bank, to, to pay um, the bank in the form of credit cards. Uh, I mean, if you got a mortgage, right, or if you pay rent, um, uh, student loans, your car note, right? So I'm working throughout the year, and at the end of the year, I'm not making any money. I don't have anything left over, similar to you. And not only that, but I'm not being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So then, my question was like, "What's the point? Like, what exactly? Is like, why? Like, why do this if I'm not getting any joy out of this, and I have nothing to show for it? Why? So, how people do this for the next thirty nine years, I don't, I don't understand. I, I can't do this for the next one year. So, my epiphany moment led me to immediate action. I told you that before the call. I, I, I got into immediate action, and once I learned what to do. Right. And then again, you learned what to do and you got into action. What do you think? I think you mentioned it to me already, but what do you think stopped a lot of us from taking that immediate action once we know what to do? Yeah, so there's the biggest, biggest downfall that us us as humans have is our limiting beliefs, where we we tell ourselves that it's not possible. We can't do it. You know, we look at somebody else who's who's created success for themselves or financial freedom and we look at them like it's something that we can't accomplish. Like there's something different about them. They have something special where in reality, there's, there's nothing special about me or you or anybody else who's ever become really successful in life. They just had the drive and the belief in themselves and they were willing to take action. 100%. 100%. I, um, trying to remember who I was talking to. I was on a call yesterday and um, I want to check my calendar really quick. I was on a call yesterday, and I was describing this exact thing. And I, I think I was being interviewed on um, on my friend Billy Kiel's podcast. And he was asking me, "Well, well, how do people get out of this, you know, this non-belief in their self, you know, kind of uh, mindset? Like, what what do you suggest people do?" And I was like, "Wow, that's a really hard question." Like again, as I told you before the call, it, it's so hard thinking that once I knew, I did. And so many people know what they don't do. You hear how many people know that, hey, um, you hear the quotes, 90% of millionaires have done so for real estate or, yep. um, you know, all the other popular ones that really just help people get to their goal. Um, but again, you can, you can know it. You can, you can hear it in the workplace. You, coworkers can talk about it and you can believe that you know it. But if you actually know it, if you actually believe it, like truly, truly believe it. So I, I, there's a client that, that I'm working with and she, you know, she has this mindset. I think I, I came out with a podcast episode um, kind of talking about her mindset, but she has this mindset of, yeah, you know, I wish I can, um, I can get into investing my full, full time. I want to like, I want to be able to quit my job. I want to be able to do all this things. I want to be able to travel the world. I want to be able to, you know, spend mm-hmm. money on my mom and my dad and my family. And all the things, but I can't. Mm. And why can't you? She was like, well, 
you know, I got I got work. I got my second job. I got the kids. I got you know after school work for them. I got I got um, I got to cook for them. Um, I still got my relatives. I got to take care of my mom sometimes. I got to pick up the prescriptions. All these things in, in delay. I need my sleep. I absolutely <laughs> need my sleep. I need all eight hours of my sleep at that. You can't get seven hours? No. You don't understand, right? If I got seven hours worth of sleep, I would be so cranky at the world. So you want to be a real estate investor. You want to make, let's just say, 10K a month, I think was a goal. You want to make 10K a month, but ultimately, you don't have the time to do it. So your actions are telling us what's more important. Exactly. are telling us what you believe. Going back to what you said, your actions are telling us what you believe. Mm-hmm. Because I told her, I was like, all right, there's no way you can give up sleep. I understand that. There's no way you can give up, you know, like you gotta take care of your kids, you gotta have a second job, you gotta do all like everything I understand, you have to do all these things. But what if? What if that ten thousand dollars that you want through real estate investing that you don't have an hour or two hours a week to invest in? What if I just write that check right now? I put 10K on it. I put your name on it. I hand it to you. It's yours. Keep it. But you can't cash it until you go this month and you make 200 calls or whatever it is, right? You're doing, mm-hmm. you know, 100 doors, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You do whatever, like, and it's not hard. It's not something that, I mean, it take you maybe maybe 20 hours of the whole month, five hours a week. The minute I told her that she would have the check, and that she would have to do the same things that we were trying to get her to do before that exercise. She would now, but but now she sees the check at the end of at the end of the, the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Everything that she told me about her excuses, they all dissipated. Sleep. I think I could sacrifice some sleep for a few hours. Exactly. I think I could find a way to to, to plan meals and meal prep for the rest of the week. I, like she immediately ideas. And it just took that mindset shift to to have her believe that the money was already hers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think most people fall short. It's like, they're just like, yeah, I would become a rose investor. I could do that. It sounds amazing. But is it possible? Can I really do that? Because again, if you really believe that you can, you would do. Exactly, you would. You and, would. And that's what happened in your situation. So you did you, you were twenty-five thousand dollars in debt. Let me read you, let me read you the title of our of our of our talk real quick, just to make sure that uh that, that you know people on here know it's enticing. How to house hack your way out of twenty-five thousand dollars in personal debt. That's what we'll talk about. That's gonna be crazy. Like I'm literally sitting at the edge of my seat and I'm like, like I want to not do it. Like detail like how did this happen, right? It's fascinating because again, I want to walk you through what I my thought process for housing. Um, so guys, stay tuned. Twenty-five thousand dollars in debt. How in the world does Sean do this? It's crazy. But I had the same mindset. You know, I thought about what can I do? And once I read the book, I bought my first property. It was a single family home. I bought my first property within thirty days. But I want to go bigger, better, faster. So my so my very next house I keep this. I was dis- disgruntled as an employee. I hated that I could no longer travel. I love Sean, I love travel. I absolutely love mm-hmm. travel. I hate that. Me too. <laughs> okay. And then after that, I was just like, well, I'm, ma- I'm, I'm making a-, a lot of money that's really just going to the bank or it's going to Uncle Sam. None mm-hmm. of it, I- I'm not keeping any of it. So there's no, there's no real investment here in my own future. It's just the company that's benefiting, Uncle Sam is benefiting, the banks are benefiting, but the way it's, the has nothing. You're not getting I ahead. Can't, I can't even travel. And, and, and so a lot of, you know, first world, it was just like, yeah, you have first world problems. Like, yeah, that's nothing. But to me, at the time, Sean, this was my world. I, w- I was, I was, <laughs> I don't know how to describe my emotion, but it, it didn't feel like a first world problem. It felt like life. Something you need. You have yeah. to have it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, my second house, I decided that I wanted to, I wanted to be what the, again, I learned all these, these terms in this in this quick month when I registered for that. A digital nomad, being location independent, creating and having my own time. 
For my second house, I bought a fourplex. And mm-hmm. this changed everything for me. Because now it was like, hey, I put somebody in, I think the, the, the other three units at the time, they were netting 200. So I think I was making about dollars on top of the spread, right? So ultimately, I realized that $1,200 in rent, I go from paying that to no longer paying that. So now I'm pocketing $1,200 every single month. Plus a thousand. Okay. Wait, we, we, we had, you, you, you're getting ahead. You're getting ahead. <laughs> so, so, so people don't understand. Like, first and foremost, I'm saving $1,200 a month by housing. Okay. Not even touching on the money I'm about to make. I'm saving $1,200 a month that I would otherwise be spending. Okay. That's one. After that, I realized, forget about the money right now. I realized that I could travel to another country, we talked about this before the call, I could travel to another country for an unlimited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Before, if I traveled anywhere, I had to pay for my hotel and I had to pay for my rent. Double taxation. <laughs> I, had yep. to, I have to pay, I mean, that's how that's how we live as people, right? You, if you want vacation, you're gonna pay for where you are, you're gonna pay for where you live. Mm-hmm. Well, I no longer have to pay for where I live. Exactly. Oh my god! Mind blowing, like mind blowing. <laughs> so it, it, I started. We went from two week vacations to well, why why put a time cap? And and if there's nothing else that you guys take away from this conversation, that was the biggest thing for me. Like I don't even want to get into the financials of, of that deal because that's what we're going to do with, with, with your first deal, Sean. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about the financials of this deal time and time again. Go back to the archive, but it was a win. It's, it's life-changing. It really is. Like one deal can change your life. I've set the stage for this call. I know the listeners probably like, man, this sounds a little bit. I mean, I got student loans. I need to knock those out first. Or I shouldn't be thinking about investing if I'm in debt. You know, there's a lot of these common, common, common thoughts and beliefs around what you should do. And whether, and again, guys, I haven't prepped Sean or anything, so I don't know if Sean is going to be like, you know what, the way? I think that you should you should get rid of all your loans and beg go invest. Or you know what, the way I think you should invest and use you know your your proceeds or build a real estate business and use that to get out of it. I have no idea what Sean is going to say, but I know that whatever Sean has done, it has worked. I tell people all the time, there's there's a million different ways to lose weight. A million. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the surefire way to not lose weight is to try all of them. The surefire way to not lose weight is to try something for a month, right? I can, I can get on keto and eat only meat, or I can get on a plant-based diet and eat no meat and get to the same result. Why? Mm-hmm. Consistency. Consistency. The, it, it's the compound effect. Oh, my God. The so, compound effect no is something that but I'm super excited for this because I want to know what you did. So, so Sean, take, take the floor. Yeah, so five years ago... Um, you know, where, where I was at this point in my life where I was, I was to me, $25,000 in debt was a lot of money. Like I was like, Oh my God, I have, I have so much debt. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And I don't want, I, first of all, I, I grew up in a lower income household, single, single, single mother. Um, I was only child. It was just me and my mom father left really early in life. She didn't get any support. She didn't get any help. We regularly went to food banks as, as a child. So like I recall going to food banks regularly to get our groceries because we didn't have enough money. Right. So I grew up with this mentality of like, you know, it's hard, like life is hard, you know, getting, getting money and, and, and surviving and keeping a roof over your head is hard. Right. And I, and I, I that, that's what kind of fueled me, especially when I had my first daughter. Because I realized I had this, this epiphany where I'm like, I don't want my kids to ever look at me and say, dad wasn't able to provide for us. Dad wasn't able to give us what we wanted. And that was, that was my why to start. You know, that was my why. Why am I going to do this? Because I want to make sure that I provide for my family the best that I can. I want to give my family the best life that, that I can give them. So um, through that, that's where I started investing. And uh, well, actually, I, before I started investing in real estate aside, I started house hacking which is what we're talking about today. So uh, essentially like the, the short of things is five years ago, I was $25,000 in debt. And today I own $6 million worth of assets. And that's in a five-year time frame, which, which is mind blowing to me because I didn't know that I was going to be able to accomplish this, right? To, to me, I, I, I put together a plan of how can I just get out of debt, first of all. And that's where I started reading about real estate and investing and, and, uh, and house hacking. And when I, when I learned about house hacking, 
the very first thing that we did was we had this brand new house and we were, we, we were house poor. We were paying $1,300 for our mortgage. We had bills to pay. We had property taxes, insurance. We had our car leases and all of that was pushing us to be house poor essentially. So I convinced my wife to sell our brand new house and move into an older house that was a duplex. And we, we ended up buying this older house that was a duplex um, that had somebody living downstairs and um, the, the tenants downstairs were paying $1,300 a month. And that $1,300 was the equivalent of the mortgage and the property taxes, which means we only had to pay for insurance. And then we still had a couple other bills, but you know, it, it reduced our expenses by $1,300 a month. And that was, that was within, you know, from, from when I started reading about house hacking to I put my house for sale on the market like 30 to 45 days later and I, and I bought a duplex like within 90 days. I had, I had all of a sudden saved $1,300 a month on my, on my expenses and I went from doing that and living in that property for three years. So when I, when I say I started real estate investing five years ago, three years of that was me house hacking and not buying any other real estate. Right. So there was there's real quick, Sean. I wanna I wanna dive into even how you bought that property because again, you're twenty five thousand dollars for dinner. And I wanna create a blueprint for anybody who's in debt and who's just like, all right, what do I do? Do I pay off the debt first? Do I save money? Do I put that pay off the account? What was your strategy? How do you how do you kind of think about that in your head? Okay, so so the debt that I had was uh, mainly on lines of credit. Um, that, that we had, we had accumulated and we, we had, we had basically, uh, traveled and stuff like that and, and, uh, and put it all on credit. And what, what I ended up doing was I didn't have the money to actually pay off that credit. So we did, we had bought our first house with 5% down. Um, but we didn't have any cash or anything like that. So when we sold the first property, we made about $22,000, that's, that's, that was the profit on the property after we paid the agent and everything. So with that $22,000, we were able to buy another property that was 200 and I believe we paid $223,000 for this property at the time. And that was 5% was it, was it down. A, was it a 10, 1031 exchange? What's that? Sorry. Was it a 1031 exchange? No, because we don't have those. We don't have those in Canada. So we couldn't that's do a 1031. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to bring that up as well because you're in Canada and I've had quite a few uh, people from Canada ask like, Dre, like what are the differences between, you know, investing in Canada and investing in the U.S.? And I've, I've always been like, I have no idea, but who better to tell us exactly what the difference is? Yeah, so we're, we're not lucky enough to have the 1031 exchange, um, but if it is your primary residence, which at that time it was, you don't have to pay capital gains taxes. So we, we didn't have to pay capital gain taxes on the $22,000 that we made. Um, which allowed us to put 5% down into this property, which was, uh, it would have been about $12,000 plus closing cost lawyers and stuff like that. Maybe we're in for like 15,000. So we had $8,000 left over and we had bought this place for, for, uh, let's say $15,000 all in, but all of a sudden, you know, now we had this extra $8,000, which we could put towards our debt to pay it. But we had this, we had this property now where all of a sudden I'm saving $1,300 a month. And the reality of things is wow, one deal, one, one deal. deal. Yeah. So, so one deal, we went to saving all that money, but what's real crazy quick, real is quick, I want to, before you come, cause yeah. this is good stuff. I really don't want to interrupt you, but I want to make sure that we get the nuggets in where I need to. Ultimately, again, the differences between us and Canada is that you, you went with a conventional loan at 5%, but also we have the option like you, uh, you talked about earlier, going with FHA, uh, yep. 5%. And actually they even have some other loan programs where you can put zero dollars down. Yes. Dollars down. So again, guys, think about the flexibility that you have if you just go and talk to a lender, if you mm-hmm. just go and know what your options are. A lot of people, Sean, they don't even go and check what their options are because they believe that they're not worthy. Mm. Right. You gotta why make those calls. Go, why not go no? Or they believe that hey, let me go, let me go improve. I've had this. I'm gonna go improve my credit score over the next six months and then I'm gonna go talk. There's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, why not go talk to them now to know exactly what the goal is so that you know what you're striving for? Mm-hmm. No? So again, I love that, that we're able to kind of talk about the differences. Now let's get back to the nitty-gritty because okay, you have eight grand left over, right? Mm-hmm. You have eight grand left over, but all of a sudden you're saving thirteen hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So like one deal has completely turned your world, not upside down, but right side up. So tell me, tell me, tell me what's next. How are you diving into this one? Yeah. So, so being very, very specific with the numbers, if, if I'm making that extra 1300 a month, 
let's say I was saving it all, I would have been making about uh, 15,600 15, a year. So that's what I would have been saving now by not paying for the mortgage. The problem is that this whole, this whole thing with real estate is it is a process. You don't instantly just understand and know how to do it and know how to know how to invest and know how to manage your finances. There is a process to this, right? So I made mistakes. I didn't save that extra $1,300 I was making. I just started living a little bit better. I started going out for steak dinners. I started, I started taking the, the wife out for more, you know, more, uh, more, more, more like uh, dates and, and date nights and maybe buying some more clothes. And we started spending more money. So we did it wrong. Right. And that was a mistake that, that I made and I, and I'm open about it. And, and because I did that, I sat and lived in that property for three years, which I didn't have to. And after three years, I still didn't have enough money to buy, to buy my next house. Right. And I could have, because I could have saved $45,000 over those three years, but I didn't. And I looked back three years later and I had, I had wrote down a plan. I had this vision board and I wrote down, okay, after three years, I'm going to, I'm going to buy my second property. I'm going to keep my first property that I was house hacking and move into the second one. And three years came by, it came and went. And I looked back and I'm like, I don't, I three, three years is gone and I don't have any money saved. So what, am, what am I going to do now? So that's where, that's where that whole, you need to sacrifice and take action and be consistent comes into play because I realized that I, I made a mistake. And now if I'm going to follow through with my goals, with my plans, with my dreams, I need to make a change. And what I did was I went and I got, I was working well, as an IT guy. Before you tell us what you did. So mm-hmm. did you, did you have more or less debt? Because we still haven't extinguished the $25,000 in debt. Did you have more or less debt at this time because you were splurging, because you maybe didn't spend that big day months ago, you know, do the things that you did with your family, which were enjoyable moments, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you were paying a price. So what happened with that debt and all to get into that yet or have you already spent it? So the $8,000 that I made that I had left over, I paid down some of that debt, some of the $25,000 of debt. So I had, let's say 17. And then over those three years, I made minimum payments. So I still had, at the end of the day, like three years later, I still had like $15,000 in debt. And would you suggest to the average person that they go about this process, even though, you know, you had some mistakes along the way, do you still think that the overall principle rings true that you should have bought the house first, right? And then started finding ways to extinguish that debt or should you extinguish that debt first and then go house shopping? Um, it's going to depend on what the lenders tell you to do. So I followed whatever the lenders told me to do. So when the lenders saw that I had this debt that I had to pay, if, if, they, if they said, okay, well, what is your payment? And I said, okay, well, my minimum payment is $100 a month. And it didn't affect my debt service ratios enough where they said, you're not qualified because of this. If, if they say I'm still qualified, then I wasn't focusing on the debt. And that's what happened is they said, We're, you're still qualified. You can buy a property. If they had said to me differently and said, because of this debt, you're not qualified, my focus would have shifted and I would have focused on paying down the debt. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so now let's get to the solution. So, so three years later, you realize you're in the exact same position that you mm-hmm. were three years ago. What do you do? Yeah, so I, I, I was working at 9 to 5 as an IT guy. I went and I got a job at a sushi restaurant working from 6 p.m. until 11 p.m. at night. And we had our first daughter at that time. Um, so, so step number yeah. one, house hack. Step number yeah. two, second job. <laughs> second job. And then and then I got a third job and I was driving a taxi from Step 11 p.m. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 11 p.m. till 3 a.m. every day. And so I break, did that. Break the times down for me again? What's that? Break the times down for me again? So so nine to five IT. Uh-huh. Then then six or seven until eleven sushi restaurant. Wow. And then and then eleven till three a.m. Uh, uh, driving a taxi. So you don't need eight hours. If you're determined. Uh, I, I would say I needed it hours, but I didn't care. I had to do it. Oh, I had to sacrifice. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I had to do it because I, I had the goal. I wanted, I wanted to figure out how I can get financial freedom. I wanted, I wanted success for my, myself, for my family. Right. So, so I did that and, and I saved every dollar. That's what I did with the extra jobs that I, that I, that I had. I saved every dollar for a year. My friends called me to come out go do this, go hang out, go to the club, go my, you know, just go to a barbecue. Just honestly, I, I just didn't do anything. I was just focused, focused on working what, and saving. What, what, I mean, but that's just random. Like just, you know, 900 days later, Hey, you know what? Let's just go all in. Like what, what, what happened? 
I wrote down, yeah, yeah. When when I moved into the first house hack, I wrote down on piece on a piece of paper, and I, I have this. I have this piece of paper. It's in my. It's in one of my classes that I that I teach. I actually have this piece of paper written down, and it's and it's it's one of it's one of the images that I have where I wrote down that in three years I'm going to have my second property, and and the three year timeline hit, and I looked at the piece of paper, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't do it. That was that, that was all you needed. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Again, we talk about the individuals who, who don't take that next step, who don't get started. I mean, you got started, but then you go behind again. You just needed a quick reminder, and you changed your entire life. How did how did your wife and you know your kids? How did people around you kind of take the new you? Because I know that that was quite an adjustment from traveling the entire world and doing what you wanted and spending money and to you know what, babe. Give me a year or two. Like, I got a plan. Mm-hmm. How, how, did, how did that work? Yeah, so my, my wife supported because she understood the goal, right? She understood the plan that I, that I had written out. So she supported me. She said, okay, like, do what you have to do. Work the extra jobs. It's okay. We just had the, the one daughter at the time. So, you know, she was little still. Um, I had to sacrifice not seeing them very much. And I was tired every single day. I was working like crazy. But um, friends and family, everybody else, they didn't understand. They thought that They thought that there was almost like greed. Like I was just money hungry. You know, I just needed, I just wanted more money and I didn't need to do it. Like, why did I need to do that? If I already had a house and a car and a family, like, why am I working so hard where I'm like working three jobs? Why are you doing that? Right. And if I tried to explain to them, well, I want to buy another rental property. It was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't work as hard as you just to get another rental property. How, how is that going to change your life? What is that going to do for you? Right. And it was different, different mentality and not the mindset that that I wanted to be around and again I, at that time how many people can relate to this type of conversation how many people have tried to tell people around you that don't understand that aren't entrepreneurs and are not real estate investors that have no idea what your dreams and aspirations what your dreams and aspirations are how many times have you tried to tell somebody who haven't been in that sphere of influence but are but they're in your sphere of influence and maybe they're influencing you to not do this to mm-hmm. think it's a waste of time to you know like any one of those times Sean you could have been like you know what mom you're right you know what uncle you're right Right, but, but you you made a decision. You made a decision, and again, most people you will always have the naysayers because most of the people around you, if you're trying to do what we're talking about here, most of the people around you have never done it. When you try to do something that the people that you're talking to about doing this have never done before, they're going to feel uncomfortable for you because they feel that uncomfortability in their heart because they know that they've never achieved that. They they, they don't know how that would feel, and it's scary for them to see you step out and do something that they've never done. It's absolutely, don't, again, when I, when I speak advice to you guys, and this is not how I do this, actually, um, this I, the, the mentoring, the coaching world, uh, and it's crazy to say, because I'm a mentor, I'm a coach today, but I used to despise this world. I used to think that, you know, these people were, were, were highlighted, and there were scams, and what do you need a life coach for, and, you know, all this, I was just like, what? Yep. Why waste your money? And it's like, these people are just taking your money, and it's like, now, John, I have a coach or a mentor for every single facet of my life. They're so vital to me. It's so important. So, so important. I can talk to these people, people who have already done what I'm looking to do, and their words, as opposed to people who have never even experienced it, their words are totally different. They're like, first, what you can do it. Or do I, why are you thinking so small? Exactly. What? I'm yep. thinking small? Yep. It's a totally different conversation. Yep. All right. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I had to. No, no. I've I've had these same conversations that you're talking about with people, and and what I what I've realized through throughout this whole process and this whole journey is that um, people will project their fears onto you, and if and and that's why a lot of people don't begin something is because the closest people around you project their own fears onto you, and as you change your circles, your your circles of influence your life starts to change. And, and when I changed my circle of influence to people who didn't have those fears, people who had already done what I wanted to do and, and can actually give me good advice and say, hey, like, or mentorship, right? And, and they can guide me and they can say, yeah, like, Sean, I've done that. You know, I, I did that before. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Or I would say, hey, like, you know, my goal is to have 100 rental units. They'd be like, Sean, you're thinking too small, right? And to me, that's like, what? What are you talking about? I don't understand what you mean. And, and it's the different mindset because they don't project those fears onto you. And when you're around people like that, 
and you raise your circle of influence, you stop having those limiting beliefs and those fears because you see that the people around you are doing what you want to do. Three jobs, three jobs currently, and we're working like a dog. What what is the what is the most immediate goal? Is it, is it a numeric amount, or is it just saving until you find you're looking for property at the same time? And you're just kind of saving until you find the right property. Like, what is the the, the strategy that you're going with? Yeah, so I, I had no money saved, and I figured I needed to save because the market started going up, so the houses were getting a little bit more expensive. Well, so I figured, I, what's that? What year is it? Uh, what year? Yep. Uh, that this would have been 2016. Okay. So 2016 market started going up and uh, price, prices of houses were getting a little bit more expensive. So I figured I needed about, because I was going to do 5% down again, right? So I figured I needed about uh, $15,000 to $20,000 saved to be able to buy my second property. And um, I ended up doing it. So I, I, I worked really hard and I saved the money and then I found a triplex and I bought it. And I, I put 5% down. The price of the triplex was 253000 And I moved into this triplex. And that's where I really realized, like, what real estate is doing for me. That's, that well, was where break, I was like... Break it down for us because I'm about to get excited. <laughs> yeah, this, this is where it's like, whoa, like, is this really happening? Because when I moved into the triplex, all of a sudden, I went from having just the one rental income down in the basement on my first one to now renting out the upper unit there where I used to be living, getting another $1,300 a month, and then moving into the triplex where I was getting two more rental incomes, one from the basement and one from the main floor. So I went from having one rental income to four rental incomes in, in just this purchase. And all of a sudden, yeah, I was, I was living for free in my triplex and I was probably making $1,500 a month extra. And I was like, I love real estate. How can I grow? What's the next steps? That's beautiful. Wow, that is amazing, guys. I hope I hope like the light bulbs are just <laughs> like this is, this is this is this is this is it. I mean, it's it's not magical. It's not hard. It's not this super complex system. Like Sean hasn't said anything. Like the truth is like, yeah, I definitely can't do that. I don't know how Sean It's just saving money, working. I mean, again. There are so many benefits of house hacking that it would be behoove you to start down this path regardless of what path you go down. If you're in a position, and a lot of people like to use the excuse, I have a family. Sean, you have a family. You had a family when you started house hacking. Can you mm-hmm. disrupt that myth for the people who are like, hey, I have a family. My wife wouldn't want to do that, or I don't want to put my kids in that kind of environment, or whatever their, their misconceptions are. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, you know what? You... It is harder to do it without a partner on board. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You need to get your partner on board. To You need to make your partner trust you, right? And, and believe in you. And, and hopefully if your partner believes in you, then she is going to say, he or she is going to say, yeah, let's, let's do this. You know, let's do it. And, and at, the end, at the end of the day, anybody who ever has success, right, in life has to sacrifice something. They have to take risks, Right. There is there is no there is no easy way to do it. It's it is sacrifice. It is hard work. It is risk and it is educating yourself. Right. So I always tell people, like, first, you need to educate yourself and then you need to be consistent and take action. So, you know, being listening to this is, you know, you're you're educating, you're learning, you're you're processing things in your mind. But the next thing is, okay, well. Now you need to take action. So maybe that means, yeah, I need to have the discussion with my family. I need to have the discussion with my partner and say, like, I want to do this because it's going to help us, right? Uh, and and for for us, uh, like we we were we were we actually had our second daughter by that time when we moved into the second house hack. And for us, it was you know the motivation for my wife was she was still working, and we had to pay for daycare. And I, and I ran the numbers and I said, well, if I could make a $1,500 a month extra, well, maybe you don't have to work. Maybe you can stay home. And that was, that was a seller to her. She yeah. said, okay, yeah, like this, that sounds great. Right. So if you can find motivation in, in, in people uh, to, to something that motivates them, that's like, yeah, this is, this is why we should do this. Right. And uh, yeah, so that's how we got into the second house hack. And then, and then I can talk more 
past the house hacking. Uh, yeah, but, but what, once once you guys okay, so once you get into the second house hack, what does your financial picture look like now? And are you gonna make the same mistake that you made with the first house hack and spend frivolously and travel, or do you have a much more concrete way of going about your investing moving forward? Like, I don't yeah, right. So now, now, now we're making the first property and the second property. I'm gonna pay off the rest of this 15k in debt. Like, how does all of that unfold? Yeah, so so we ended up paying off. We paid off the debt after we moved into the second house act. So the extra money that I, that I was making, we started paying, adding a little bit more. It was paid off within, I would say, like eighteen months of us moving in. We had we had paid off everything. Um, so we 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 realized at that time, okay, well, getting rid of the debt is the greatest thing you can do in the position we are because we had the extra money coming in. So it's like, okay, now let's pay down this debt. Let's get rid of it. So. We got rid of the debt. We had zero debt on lines of credit, zero debt on credit cards. Um, our This was over almost like, what, four years. So by that time, our car leases were almost paid off too. So at the end of the first year of our second house hack, oh, both of our cars were paid off. Now, they're older cars now, but guess what? It's like it's still two years after that, and I still have those cars. I have no plan on getting a new car, right? So I realized, okay, well, assets versus liabilities. So, you know, and I read and I started learning this through the books that I was reading. So I realized like getting a nice new car isn't as important as buying a rental property that's going to make me a thousand dollars a month. Right. So we, we paid off the cars, uh, and we had zero debt. And then basically from there, um, that's where, that's where I ended up. That, that's where the real investing starts. <laughs> that's where the, that's where the, the next step happened. The next phase so, where I learned about leverage so, and, so and, and equity. So guys, this is this is this is Mr. Sean Raya, and um, Sean is is moving into just to give you guys a quick preview because we're not we're not done. Um, but just to give you guys a quick preview, Sean is moving into the Burr strategy. Sean started a started pursuing a different real estate investing strategy after house hacking. But again, this live was to cover and was to show you guys exactly how Sean started, how Sean got into the entire real estate world, and how he got out of 25 like his story is a story that is very very like if there's nothing else you listen to this story is very each and every single one of you can do this I guarantee you each and every single one of you can do this it's not hard you just follow these steps that we just laid out on this line again the 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 onus for you is to make that decision is to make that decision my very first deal I didn't care if I fucked it. I didn't care if it was going to put me in thirty thousand dollars in debt. I didn't care if it was going to run me bankrupt. And you may think this is crazy. You may think this is very why. Why would you have that kind of mindset? The only reason I have that mindset is because I made a decision that I was going to do this for the next 30, 40, 50 years until I die. So, so what does it matter? My failure. I'm going to have a few failures along the way. This is this is this is this is an experience. This is tuition. This is coaching. Right, I can take that. I can replicate the good stuff, and I can throw away the bad stuff, and I can continue because I'm doing this for the rest of my life. I've already decided. But if you haven't decided, you're going to be scared of that first failure. You're going to be like, "Yeah, I don't want to do it. Yet. I don't want to make sure I know everything before I cross the street." I had no idea what real estate investing was on about my first property. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but so here's the message here today: make a decision. Decide today to take control of your investing future. Start investing in real estate and try, if you can, to be one of the most popular vehicles out there. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite before the millions book? What is my favorite book? Um, there's so many good ones. I don't want to say Rich Dad Poor Dad because I'm sure everybody says it, but um. Honestly, I, I, I really do think that, uh, okay, so aside from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Cashflow Quadrant, which are like must reads, The Millionaire Fastlane is great. The Millionaire Fastlane is a great book. It basically tells you how, what the difference is between the slow lane, the sidewalk and the fast lane. And the fast lane is what you want to get into. And it describes in detail how to get into the fast lane and, and live in the fast lane. I love it. I love it. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Um, favorite app or tool. I, I gotta I gotta say the 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 best apps that I'm using right now are, are just for my home searches. So 
you know, if it's in the US, I am using Zillow. And if it's in Canada, I'm using Realtor.ca. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Yes. So I I love the phrase lifestyle by design. I live by it. Like the choices that I make is, is lifestyle by design. And uh, I I like that I have the freedom and the flexibility to, to do a lot of, a lot of things with my family kind of when we want on our own time. So right now with everything that's going on, we can't travel, unfortunately, but um, I like the fact that when we, when we do want to travel and when we're allowed to travel, we, we have the flexibility to go and do that because um, you know, we're not, we're not completely tied down to a nine to five. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Who was essential to my growth? Um, so as, as I started, as I started networking with other people, I, I found that uh, my, my mortgage broker, I'm going to say was actually one of my most, most essential people that were part of my team because he, he was an investor himself. And he guided me through a lot of the transactions that we made. And he, he showed me how to pull out equity and, and leverage properties that, that we had to continue that, that portfolio growth. Yeah. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? At the end of the day, it comes down to how strongly do you believe that you can get what you want? And, and, and when, you, when you flip that switch and, and you stop listening to other people who, who tell you that, that you can't do something and, and they pr- and project their fears onto you, when you stop listening to those people and you start listening to yourself, to your, to your mind, to your heart, and, and you follow what you want, that's, that's, that's where you, when you're going you're gonna to reach where you want to go. I love it. Sean, this has been absolutely amazing. If the listeners want to learn a little bit more about you, want to check you out, maybe even want to ask you a question or two, where can they find you and some of your information? I'm most active on, on social media. So uh, Instagram is uh, Sean Rea. Um, Facebook, same thing, Sean Rea. And um, I have a website. I'm not super active on it, but, but uh, you, you can also find me there. It's SeanRea.com. Boom. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The links that we discussed on today's episode will be in the show notes of today's episode. This is episode 158 uh, with Sean Rea. And Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. You've given us so much insight on the entire house hacking methodology that you pursue. Sean, it's been a pleasure. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you for having me.